a Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com. And when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. episode of the Steve Mathis show there is a high chanceability you will either learn something a lot of people don't know be left thinking or make you say to yourself dude that's so funny the bottom line is this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview welcome to the racer x podcast show brought to you by btosports.com hosted by Steve Mathis Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show, Paula MX National Wrap-Up. I'm Steve Mathis, as usual, with you on this ungodly hour to get this thing done. Thanks, everybody, for listening. With me, uh, as usual, to talk everything Paula, none other than Jason Wygant. Yeah. And David Pingree, whose fault it is that we're doing this at this ungodly hour. <laughs> it's podcast time! <laughs> Last one of the year, guys. Last one of the year. Uh, we have to find a way to keep this going. I don't know weekly, but at least somewhat frequently. Right. Yeah, we'll do something. I'd be something. very upset without it. I kind of have come to rely on it as my, like my couch at the um, therapist. Yeah. Okay. We'll work, <laughs> we'll work something out. And uh, it's, uh, it's about 6.30 in the morning right now, and Pingree's driving, so this is the best time we had to do it. So I hope all you jerkies appreciate it. Um, yeah, to all the people who, uh, like, piss and moan about, well, you know, I hate the noise in the background. You guys need to take this, you know, more serious and, you know, if you're going to do it, do it. It's hard hooking three people's schedules together, especially when they're on different parts of the country and, yeah. you know, multiple jobs. So just stuff it. Deal with my kid crying in the background. If that happens. Yeah. And dogs are barking in Steve's background. My dogs barely ever bark for the record. Um, Okay, pa- Paula, um, it's wrapping up. It's wrapped up. And uh, why again? Are you still hungover from the banquet, or how, how are we doing? The problem I always have at these stupid banquets is that I have to host a thing, so I get such a late start. Like, by the time I'm finally freed up, everybody's already on the treadmill, like, full speed. Like, I'm four or four or five hours behind right. in the drinking. So, yeah, I never really get the chance to get that hungover. I mean, I don't have time. You're just like putting on a sweatband, tying up the shoes, <laughs> stretching out a little, a couple hamstring stretches. Everyone's full sprint. They're already running. Yeah, right. they're sweat. They've already got their sweat broken. So right. unless I were to just do like eight shots, like immediately, there's just no way I'm gonna be able to keep up. You're actually you're pretty uh, you're pretty outgoing and pretty good with me, Wagan. I wasn't sure how you'd be after uh, you know I hosted. 
I hosted the Team Green uh, grassroots movie premiere the other night. I know, and not because I couldn't do it. I wasn't even asked. Yeah, so I don't know. You, know. you were the first choice. Thank you. I'm not sure yeah. how the angry that makes you, but... Oh, was, yeah. it, was it Jan Plesner that, that, uh, that asked you, Steve? Because I, I believe she had a crush on you. <laughs> it, it was not. She, she is a fan of the Pulp Mech show. But uh, she, she's it, mentioned, oh, man, I just love your guys' podcast. Steve, everything he does, I just really like it. Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't like, her. Though. Oh. Wow. Um, hey, Jan, feeling a little randy. Um, so now I know why I didn't get that job. No, no, I it, was, didn't, it, was I a, didn't, uh, it was a next uh, level decision. Next level oh, okay. decision. Literally, next level from Wygant. Um, yeah, oh, oh. Hey. oh, it was it was not her. It was the firm, really. Yeah, the next level guy. Really, I'm yeah. very upset now. Yeah. Now I am. Now I am mad. Right, right. Um, all right, let's move on to the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dungey won. Villapoto won the title, though, and I was uh, very surprised. RV went after it in that first moto, Pingree, uh, and you were there. Ping was at the race, everybody. So <laughs> was actually uh, there. he was actually there. <laughs> um, Ping. Uh, he no laying up for RV, no following Dunge around. No, surprised me again. I mean, uh, you know, this side, maybe this is why I have no championships on my shelf. Because you know, if it was me, I would have just played it safe. Yeah. You know, I don't know. The harder you push, something could just you're, you're increasing your odds of of going down. That track is pretty tricky. You know, there's lots of little square edges and just the dirt's real. I don't know. To me. It was pushing it, but that's what he does. Yeah. Um, it blew his hand off the bar at one point. Um, chased down Dunge, passed him, and, and took the win in the first moto. Uh, second moto, Wygan, a little bit of laying up, but I, I, no one could blame him there, right? Yeah, but, um, you know, coming in, you, you were hoping to have a little bit of drama. You know, no doubt that the two moto wins of Steel City really took most of the opportunity for Dungey to win the title out. You knew that Villapoto just had to blow it. So you needed something crazy to happen. And it did because whatever led those guys to pick two inside gates off the start, who told them that? Was it, did someone in MX Sports tell them that to make it more interesting? Because they ru- ruined themselves in both <laughs> motos. They, they got, I said on TV, I said it was like they were on the line of scrimmage. Like they both got hit. The instant the gate dropped, they got rammed by everybody else in the gate. And then what were they? They weren't even top ten around the first turn in either moto, were they? No. Um, first moto, maybe, but... Well, the first moto, they got rammed by Reed, and then Reed went down in the first turn, and Dungey had to wheelie over his bike. So it was pretty crazy, because yeah. there were they were some random dudes that they were racing with, which I'm sure is kind of scary. And Villapoto even said, you know, it's contract time, and guys aren't giving you any room, because they're trying to make a name for themselves last race of the year. So... They were racing each other as they raced through the pack. I mean, that was yeah. that had to be pretty scary if you're Cowie to see Villapoto having to pass because he needed to go four four and he was like twelfth early on. Yeah, but the good thing was Dungey was eleventh. <laughs> so. I think that might be why Villapoto won that moto. Like he had to race it. You know, if they had started one two, maybe he just would have sat back there behind him. But he didn't have that option. They had to race. They had to go for it. Right, right. Um, so and uh, like. Who were some Ty Haynes, AJ Kent, and Zero were like battling these guys? Colton Fasciati, second place early in yeah. the Moto One. 
And of course, the Steve, I swear I looked up on the uh, little observation deck up there and saw you with an erection at one point early in that moto. I was. Was that just shadows or? Oh, no, no, no. It was, that was actually happening. Yeah, full, full, full wood. I was uh, hiding behind some chairs and tables to try to hide it. But um, yeah, very exciting. Colton Fasciati running second with the 800 X brand goggles out front. All shotting. So, good times in early on in that first moto. Hey, I heard a funny story from, uh, from Davey Coombs that um, Tony decided, once again, he's going to try to let Mike, you know, fly the coop, be his own man, uh-huh. pick his own gate. And then Tony was all mad. He's like, he says to Davey, he's like, why would he pick whatever gate he picked? I don't know. He's fourth in the box or the inside. I don't know where yeah. he picked. Yeah. But Tony's like, you see, everybody says that I need to just let him go on his own. And then he does something like that. <laughs> he's it's just a horrible gate. He's just too dumb. <laughs> and then he goes and... Then he actually goes and gets a whole shot. Right. And Davey said that he and Reed Nordine just looked at him and just laughed. Like, anything else you want to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Mike wrote all right. I thought he wrote all right. We'll touch on that in a second. Um, so Dungey wins the race, hunts down Barsha near the end of the uh, second moto, which I thought was, uh, was a good ride, another good ride. But in the end, Ping, uh, Villapoto won the title. Although although he, he, he didn't win it at Paula. I would think the turning point to me was getting that 2012 bike, huh? Well, that's what it sure looks like. You know, maybe it was the break they had then. Maybe it was the extra testing that they did that just got him, you know, more comfortable. Or maybe it was the bike. But whatever it was, when they came back from that break on that new bike, he seemed to have a little extra something that uh, early on he didn't have. You know, and I think think all of us, I have to go back and listen, but I think we all picked him to win this championship you know, way back at the beginning of the season. But you guys, but it was closer than I thought it would be. Yeah, Kawasaki has won both of the premier indoor and outdoor titles three times. Jeff Ward in 85, Jeff Emig in 97, Ricky Carmichael in 01, and now RV. And I would, I would, I definitely would say that RV's title was the one that was in doubt the most indoors and out. It was, it was a fight, huh, Jay, Jason? Yeah, I, if we did predict that he was going to win it, which I think we did, yeah. I don't think we can take credit because my prediction was not that it was going to be like this. Um, we got enough heat from the Reed fans at the beginning of the year. If they remember, um, our predictions were a little off. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, at one point, I, I mean, he, I would have said after Texas, you know, when Dundee's bike broke, I would have said, this is Reed's title. Like, he's got this. Right? He's, you know, he's on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to stop this guy. And then... Then Dungey picked up some speed, and I thought, wow, he's going to do this. you know. And then when, when we hit that point where Villapoto got on the 2012, um, and it was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Five, out of the eight, right. five out of the eight motos after he got the 2012, uh, he won. And you can almost make a case the last moto didn't really matter, you know. Um, but uh, five out of the eight on the, on the 2012 bike. Uh, Barsha, another strong, another strong performance. Um, by Justin Barsha, uh, almost just as I predicted last week. Yeah, yeah, you did, didn't you? <laughs> I, I went out there and, and said expect Barsha to come within two laps of winning the overall. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, you ate some crow on that. I think you were saying that this is it—the bubbles burst. Train was off the rails. Yeah, the train was off the rails. Right? Yep. yep. Yeah, I, Ping, you, you missed that part, but I said you know he came in full head of steam, got to battle those guys but he crashed out of Steel City and, and got to see, all right, they do have a little bit of pace that I can't match no matter how hard I'm trying. And I thought he'd just cruise 
do the finale and not be a factor. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't. I mean, he didn't. I mean, with do with a lap to go in the final moto of the year, he had been passed by Dungey. I mean. Yeah. I mean, you watch that very last lap, and he wasn't going to win the race. No, clearly. I mean, the previous. Yeah. yeah. You know, 34 minutes, he had it in the bag, but still. Yeah. No, the last lap, he was out of it. You're right. Yeah, I mean, okay, so big deal. 34 to 35 minutes, he had to win. But, uh-huh. I mean, that's not that's not. Is, that really mean anything. Is this going to be hard, Ping, speaking as a, as a former racer? Is this going to be hard for Barsha to go down to 250s next year? I believe it is. It's going to be. I, I think it's, it, it's going to be hard to get in the game mentally when right. you know, and for that whole team. And, in fact, I talked to Schneike a little bit, his mechanic uh, between motos and yeah, I said, man, he, your guy's on it. You know, you got to be pumped. He goes, oh, we're, you know, I'm so proud of him. He's, like, doing exactly what we told him. You know, try to just, like, get some experience. Don't, you know, if you don't have to, don't push, you know. Mm-hmm. Just try to keep him calm because you could expect a kid to really go nuts. He was battling for a win. But he's been, you know, pretty pretty mellow. Other than that, there was a little incident at Unadillo with him and Dungey maybe coming together, but uh, where he was – Dungey said he needed to calm down. I, I think maybe he was just – Dungey didn't want some young kid racing him that hard. Right. But um, I think a great job. And I said, so is he got to ride 250s in all year next year? He goes, yeah, that's, that's the deal. Goes, but, you know, we can ride 450s over under our truck too. He goes, so, you know, he kind of hinted like he's definitely riding 250 in Supercross, going to run the number one plate. Yeah. But he hinted that there was a chance that, you know – he could be on a 450 outdoors. Yeah, it's going to be tough for those guys to hold him back, you know. Um, well, especially depending on who Honda gets to ride their 450. Uh, I, word is they've got Brayton, but I'd rather not talk um, about that. <laughs> I, I know, Weed, you're real sad, but let's just let's say Brayton isn't up to the task of running with Dungey and Villapoto. He's not. <laughs> well, <laughs> bad, bad decision on their part. She'll let him stay where he was. Uh, <laughs> how angry you are, but Barsha, you know, you you give him now he's got a season under his belt, and um, you give him a little more testing time, put him on that factory bike early mm-hmm. under the Geico tent where he's comfortable. You know, you might have yourself a guy who can run up front and and win some races. So that wouldn't completely surprise me. Not like you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to put it in movie terms here, Steve. <laughs> but if he rides a four fifty next year. I've given up on the like. I've given up on the movie terms because that okay. made, that made no sense what you guys said. So um, clearly that's not working out. Um, he's uh, got a couple. Hey, how hard? He told me uh, at the end of the day he said he's still got a few more races on it because he's going to race uh, Bercy again. He's going to race Genoa on four fifties. I believe that he's scheduled to race the, the Monster Energy Cup on a four fifty. The press release said that uh, he didn't mention it, but I think he just probably forgot. So okay, he's going to have three more races. On a, in a Supercross, on the off-season on a 450, how badly is he going to be begging to race the West races on a 450? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough for him to uh, to deal with that mentally, and it's going to be interesting to see how he does. Does he come in this be like oh, I own this, I own this class, but then maybe struggle, you know? Because let's not forget Dean Wilson will maybe be pitted against them again, or yeah. does he come in uh, you know wanting to prove that he he's going to go out a winner like? It's gonna be tough for him, I think. He kept saying that he feels like work. He he, the positive spin he put on it was he learned so much from the Honda guys about you know bike setup and and he just learned so much working on and the new class, the new bike, the new team that he's excited to take all that knowledge and bring it back to the two fifties 
that's what he says, but we all know when you get a new toy, yeah. um, it's kind of hard to put it down and go to the old one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, you know something I like about Barsha when you talk to him or he's in an interview, he's always excited about what, you know, you don't hear him complain a lot. You don't hear him go, yeah, that's, uh, you know, this, that. He, he's, he keeps it positive. You know what I mean? He's kind of like, uh, I, I actually think he does all right that way. What do you guys think on that one? What I like about him is he, he, okay, he rides guys rough and he rides aggressive. But what he doesn't do is lie about it. Like if, someone, if he bumps somebody and somebody bumps him, it doesn't get him mad. Like that's the only part that I think is ridiculous when a dude is like dirty but then also complains when other people are dirty to him. Like he wears it on his sleeve. Yes, this is what I do, and I expect to get it back, and that's fine with me. Like you, have you ever seen Barsha get mad at someone hitting him? No, he'll just hit you back, yeah. He'll, yeah. Get, he'll get mad, but yeah. yeah, he'll just give it back, back to you. Um, yeah. I don't like he doesn't say that it was like out of line. I don't like when he attacks you on Twitter. Other than that, though. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Um, no, um, I like the kid. I, I, I said this last night on our Pulp Mech show when we had Damon Bradshaw on, the beast from the east. I said this last night. I imagine Barsha r- reminds me of a young Bradshaw. I wasn't around then, but it reminds me of that attitude because Justin does have a pretty big chip on his shoulder um, and is a little cocky, and I imagine it's a lot like what Bradshaw was. I, I would agree. Yeah, ba- but he can back it up. Maybe not as much as Bradshaw because, you know, I mean, obviously I'm a Bradshaw fan, but everybody talks about Bradshaw and this and that. When you're winning 250 Supercrosses at 19 years old, come talk to me. No, no, no. Winning races at 17 years old, well, going for the title at 19 years yeah, old. Yeah, exactly. Winning, okay, yeah. Winning in Japan at, at 17, winning, uh, um, being in contention for the podium at 17, and going for the title at 19. Come talk to me. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I do like Justin. Um, he, he's got a, he's got a bright future for sure, and it's, it's it's amazing to watch him on that bike. He just is in control. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna put. I don't. I guess the movie thing is out. But I said I wasn't shocked at the first what two races. Ugh. This one really shocked me. He was even better. He was even closer. Oh, so I don't think this is a track that. So not above the Goonies level. Above the Goonies level for sure. I can't go crying game level. Yeah, but. Uh, Above Goonies level, not above Sixth Sense either, because I can't say I didn't see it coming. He was riding well, but okay. I mean, he got better in each race. It wasn't like the first race adrenaline. I mean, if you give him two or three more rounds, he might have been able to finish it off. So maybe Gremlins level. Yes. Yeah, I'll go with Gremlins level. Okay. What do you think, Ping? I thought we were not doing movies. Now we're doing movies again. We said it. Let me come up with one. Okay. Move on. I'll come up with uh, um, Brett Metcalf did well. Uh, Michael Leslie did well. Kyle Regal rode very good at Paula. Um, and uh, it's a good good way to go out for him uh, um, for the year. I don't know what he's doing next year. I have no idea. But uh, Regal was good, Wagant. Well, I think that was Villapoto's point. Like, nowadays, since no one's pretty much signed by the last round of the year, when he starts 10th, he knows that everyone's like, well, dude, if I show that I can run with Villapoto for a few laps, that's really going to help me out. Uh-huh. You know, if you're a Lessie or Regal or any of those privateers that were up there, I mean, you're not going to move over. This is your shining moment. To, this could, strangely, one race could make all the difference in, in getting a ride next year, I would think. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really thought Reed was going to go out a winner. He was jumping that big jump, uh, leading the second moto. I was like, okay, he's going to lay it down and, uh, and show everybody what's up one last time to – 
to recapture the magic, recapture the mojo, but uh, ping it was not to be. Now, what, what, did anybody see what happened in the first moto? Did he go down off the start? Is that what happened? I don't think he went. Did he go down? Yeah, no, he went down in the first turn. Yeah, yeah and we couldn't figure out. Okay. Can't figure out how it happened. I don't right. know if someone in front of him hit him or if he just washed out. Yeah, but he I, was down in the first turn. Yeah, I heard. I, I was on the back side of the track, and he literally didn't come around. Uh, I didn't see him come around the first lap. Was he a lap down? No. Or did I just miss him the first time coming through? Yeah, you missed him the first time coming through. He's about twenty uh, yeah. fifth. He was because I didn't see him. Twenty fifth or twenty seventh on the first lap. Um, yeah, some people were saying, uh, some of the riders were wondering why he did what he did. I guess he had the whole shot. And, of course, there's always two sides to every story. Three sides sometimes. But I guess he had the whole shot moving in, and he just cut over big time and, uh, and kind of caused it, brought it on himself. Uh, no, he cut over, out, like, almost out of the gate. Like, I almost yeah. wonder if he got launched sideways. He didn't. I mean, I'm talking, he moved over on Villapoto and Dungeon in the first 10 feet. So it's not like, hey, I got the whole shot. I'm going to move over. No, yeah. He yeah. had the jump on them, no. He had the jump and sort of, what are you doing? But once he hit them, other riders come in. The outside gates went up being better. By the time Reed got into the first turn, he wasn't in the lead. Right. He had a few riders in front of him. And I don't know if he hit the brakes to avoid them or got hit by one of them. But when he fell, he was maybe fifth. And yeah. they went down in the middle of that pile. Um, but I guess uh, Ping... Um, He's still tied for the most overalls this year with Dunge. Um, they each had four. So it was a successful year for him, but he's got it, he, he sounded pretty dejected at the end of the day when I interviewed him. Yeah, well, I'm sure he is. You know, he sets his goals high, but I don't know how you don't look back on his 2011 season and go, you know, say that it was not successful. I mean, I would say he probably made more fans this year than he has in any other season here racing. Um you know, I've earned a bunch of respects for him. Just what he's done kind of on his own. And, yeah. You know, he he uh, he seems to have learned, you know, which a lot of guys figure out. Ricky wasn't exactly a media master early on, but he's figured out how to, uh, between Twitter and just interviews and how to deal with the public and how to deal with the media um, and be more friendly with him. You know, when he first came over, I don't know if you guys remember, but he was, man, he was not good. He was uh, just very blunt and curt on his interviews, and um, I, I think at one point I actually said, uh, I, I was just so, like, bummed out with the way he was acting. I, I said, this is when he worked for YOT, I think. I said, Chad Reed is Australian for jackass. <laughs> um, so I don't think he was a big fan of mine early on, but um, anyway, I, I mean, that's just kind of how I felt back then, but I think he's really, really turned it around in 2011 to me. Uh, he's just, how do you not like him, you know? This guy's, uh, Put his own money into it. Is all this, you know, hard work and sweat and and dang near. I mean, was in contention for the titles until the very end. So did you just say? Did you just say dang near? Dang near. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, it's hard to believe that the Chad Reed that I worked with for three years, the guy that would sit in the lounge, open up the blinds and go, "Is everybody still there? Is anybody still there? Are they, are they <laughs> yeah, still are they, are they still out there? Are they still out there?" And uh, and they being fans, um, that guy is now bounding outside the semi after a uh, 12-4 day, uh, shaking hands, kissing babies, um, doing interviews, standing there, looking around, uh, different different guy, no doubt. What causes that? Because, you know, is it, is it like, um, 
you see, because I remember kind of when I was, my career was winding down, you, you, you look back and go, man, I really took for granted that these people want my autograph. Yeah. Because as soon as you're done, guess what? They, they forget who you are really fast. Nobody you asked know? you at the AMPM this morning for your autograph. <laughs> no. So is it that or is it just, you know, you, you gain new perspective and new appreciation for your, what is it? Like, it's funny to me, like how that guys can turn it around and like that so big. And that's why, and that's why Travis Pastrana is maybe even more amazing because that guy got it always, you know. And, oh, yeah. and Roger used to say, Roger would be like, we had to pull him away from the fans to go race a moto. He told me that a few times, you know. He's just like, Travis, seriously, you got your moto coming up. Like, no more <laughs> posing for photos, you know, and no more thumbs up. Um, you know, so that's just amazing that, that he would do that. But you're right, Ping. These guys take it for granted. You know, Travis actually, um, uh, when he does his taxes every year, he actually allows for depreciation on his thumb. All the thumbs up he does, they allow that. David Pingree, he'll be yeah. here all week, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be here all week. Uh, Two-drink two minimum. Two-drink minimum. Um, I think a lot of it is age. I, I think it is. I, I make this point all the time. Okay, Villapoto and Dungeon end up being the two stars at the end of the year. What are they, 21 and 22, I think? So the two stars of the series are the same age as college football players. You know, and I say that, okay, so who, who had the biggest week probably in the NFL this week, which was Tom Brady, thank you very much, leading the fantasy football uh, league. I would say Sebastian Janikowski in his 63-yard field goal to help the Raiders win last night. That's one play. Who's the star, the biggest star for the week? It's one. And how old is Brady? 32? Right. You know? So that's, the, that's my point. Like, we want them to be just like the stars of the other sports, but those guys aren't stars until they're 28, 29, which is Reed's age. I think they just get it more. I think right now they're just like, I want to race. Why are all these people wanting me to do all this other crap? I'm supposed to race dirt bikes. And then I think eventually they realize, oh, this is all part of the mix. I can make more money this way. And in Reed's case, he had no other options. Like, then it really starts staring you in the face. Like, oh, okay, these things really matter. Yeah. And then I, think you st- then I think they start to enjoy it. You know, we've talked about this a million times. Then you get to whatever message you want to put out there in the media, you can control it. I mean, there's got to be a certain amount of fun in that. Yeah. But oh, yeah. it's just hard for someone that young to understand. It just seems like a nuisance, I think, is all they think of it. Yeah, is. I mean, Reed could come out right now and just tell us media idiots anything he wants, and we'll go, all right, cool, right on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, That's a pretty good position to be in. Yeah, absolutely. He, get, he gets it. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else from the 450 class? Ping, let's let's switch gears a little bit before we get, talk more about 450s. The Paula event itself, uh, second year now. I'd like it to be a bit more spectator friendly. But overall, well, um, you know, what are you going to do? Ton, ton of people, which is great, you know. Um, and, and you've got to expect that with the only Southern California national, you're going to get a big crowd. Mm-hmm. But wow, man! And I, I had a little mix with my pass. I thought I had a good credential all lined up, but I did not. I was like general admission out there with all the miscreants. And uh, wow, you can barely even see. I mean, I, I realize I'm not the tallest guy, but I, I couldn't find a spot on the fence. Like I literally wandered all through the infield looking for a place to watch the first motos and I, I'm having to look over people and you see them buzz by once. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> you know, I need, I need a hill. I need something. Yeah. But, uh, 
great. I think the track was super fun to ride. I haven't talked to guys about passing or what they thought to race on it this year, but as a spectator, it was tough a little bit. The the track itself, uh, I got a lot of people saying it's too fast, it's too one-lined, and the sun was in my eyes. But then I got some guys that said uh, the thing ruled, the track ruled. Let me guess. Let me just guess. Let me, I'm just going to put this out there. The guys who liked it did well that day? I believe so. I believe so. Okay. Okay. I just, <laughs> I was just trying to put the pieces together. The Villapoto said it was too fast. Oh, um, there you go. There you go. There you go. But the uh, problem with it is, I think, that a lot of people will say this, is it's got like a hot dog shape. It's super long and skinny. So they've got to have one section that runs you all the way back. They just play literally... If it was smooth, I think you're like fourth or fifth gear and like just kind of drifting left to right all the way back, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But they don't have a choice because it, 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 it's a narrow piece of land there unless they completely reroute it and change the way it is. And a lot of people say they need to get rid of those hills that are back there and, and run the track near the base of them and put the fans up on top so you can get more people to, to be able to see down. I don't know. Then you lose the only real elevation the track has, though, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. I think the parking was better, too. Traffic situation seemed to be better. What do you guys think? Yeah. Whatever whatever yeah. MX Sports did worked, I think. I didn't hear anybody complaining. I didn't hear anybody having any problems, and it uh, seemed okay to me. I think that was more the track than uh, MX Sports. I mean, it just, I guess, because the thing is, there's a two-lane road coming in, so there's not much you can do with that. But yeah. I guess they figured if you make the parking go much more quickly for everyone and get everybody in more quickly. Yeah. I guess it doesn't pile up on the road. Or, or everyone was scared from last year and just went there at 4 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly, huh? Uh, it's thunder and lightning here in Vegas right now, by the way. What? Yeah, a little scared. Um, uh, what else? What else from the 450 class? What caught you guys' eye? Um, I think we lost I don't know Ping. Who's, I don't know who's left. I don't know who's left. I think we lost Ping. Uh. P- Ping? Yeah, he's gone. Uh, I'm sure he'll call back. Uh, what about Brayton? Let's talk about Brayton. I know it's going to be tough. He ran up front second moto, though, um, in this farewell ride to JGR Yamaha. Yeah, I was put in a very tough situation because, uh, well, we were writing jokes for the banquet on Sunday afternoon. Uh-huh. Debbie said, uh, we, need, we need to get something in there about Metcalf getting off the list of fastest riders to never win a race. Yeah. And he's like, who would be the next on the list? Who's the next guy? who's been around a little while, probably, you know, on a 450, who's been good but hasn't gotten a win. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I know where this is going. And he's like, Brayton. Brayton would be the guy. He's always been pretty good, hasn't won a 125 Supercross, but came close, has uh, won a motor at Steel City but didn't get an overall. You know, every once in a while we'll start, run up front. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. We got pingrees back. Um, so, so what? So did you throw it in there? Yeah, so I had to I had to roast my, my guy at the banquet. I had to say, congratulations, Brett Metcalf. You are off the list of fastest rider to not win a race. So congratulations to our new champion of the class, Justin Brayton. Oh. <sighs> it hurt me bad. Oh. Yeah. And then, thanks to Lurch, I had this one to throw in. We heard rumors of going to Honda. I don't know if it's true, but I do know if he does go somewhere, he's going quietly. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah, but, but we just, do you care now? Since he is going to Honda, is it like the girlfriend that is cheating on you? Yeah, screw that you guy. Burn, yeah. burn her clothes and throw all of her junk out in the street and yeah. you're over it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be very tense if we ever have to, you know, 
be in the same room and make eye contact with each other. Yeah. Cut all the high heels off her shoes. And I, uh, I mean, not that I've ever done it yet. I understand. That's, I heard that's done. But you know how it's going to work, too. He's going to end up looking better, doing better, just to burn me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to drop some yeah. of that weight, you know, mm-hmm. start exercising a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what? Nico Izzy and Jake Weimer got into it. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I, did, I wasn't there, but I heard it was like full-on brouhaha in the pit. Yeah, me too. I didn't Bikes see were it. revving and dust was flying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I heard some bystander try to break him up and got arrested. Nuh-uh. I swear to you. Yeah, they were, you know, all up in each other's face, and some just random spectator grabbed one of them and started pulling them, you know, keeping them apart. And when the cops rushed over there, they grabbed that guy and cuffed him up. <laughs> Welcome to the Paula. <laughs> Where you try to break up a fight and get arrested. Um, Only in the 951, son. I know. We let him fight. I don't know what happened. I think Nick Weimer thinks Nico brake-checked him. I don't know for sure, but Weimer Well, no, that's down. what happened. Weimer yeah. had caught up to him, and it was that turn right before the finish line street. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know if anything happened prior to that, but... Nico got in that main rut, and it was a deep right-hander, and he just locked him up, and Weimer hit the back of him and fell. So. You knew it was on after that. You knew something was going to happen. And Tickle probably jumped in there at some point and maybe tried to start raining down blows on Easy. I don't know. These guys are... Yeah, uh, this they, is ridiculous, man. What is it with that girl? Maybe. It was all over a girl, right? I don't know. I, I think so, but I don't know. The it's girl like, with the golden vagina. Oh, wait a minute, but... On Tickle's end or Weimer's end? Like, uh, who knows? I'm not going to even get into it. Wow. Yeah. Um, Way said that, yeah, that uh, Izzy's just bowed up all the time, just ready to go, like in the two races they've worked together. <laughs> Although, I don't know if Way was in the condition at the end of the race where I really should take anything he says no. uh, out of the press. Did you wander over to the uh, beer and tacos celebration? Yeah, I was over at Simon Cubby's Chateau. And then the parties eventually kind of merged. And this is like midnight at the track. So this is, what, six hours after the racing was done? Oh, my God. So I probably shouldn't really take anything anyone told me seriously at that point. I was thinking when I was sitting there, um, I was there pretty late, too, 8, 8.30, 9. And I was thinking to myself, I don't want to get too far away from these lights because there could be creatures out there that will grab me. <laughs> like, it's dark. Like, like those random fans? Again? No, chupacabras or something. Oh. I mean, like... It's dark, and there's things out there. You know, you're out in the middle of the desert, and I'm just like, man, I got scared. Um, Nick Way was very disappointed, told me he had to get 10 points to leapfrog uh, Millsaps and get into the top 10 in the series points, and he goes, I couldn't even do that, Mathis. I couldn't even do that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Millsaps and Wyndham end up in the top 10. Right, yeah, overall, and uh, and Way was bummed. He was bumming. Burner could have done it, too. Burner had a terrible day. Crashes and yeah, broke, broke a foot pretty off, yeah. Doesn't doesn't get much worse for Burn. Burner went down with Fastiati in Moto2, right, in the start? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, got a hey, side uh, there, here's the point where I talk about Colton Fastiati. Okay. Um, can he can he get a ride down here, Ping? What, what, uh, what you see? I mean, can he, I mean... Is this... I don't. I don't know if it was quite good enough to stick something down here. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you know, he's definitely got the, the resume, but screw you, dude. 
screw you. I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest with you. Uh, he's a nice kid. I like him. I, but what do you think? I mean, he had a couple good motos. I mean, didn't he have a fifth at Southwick and then an eighth here on the weekend in Moto One. But why well, can't? Does did did Fasciati do enough to uh, to get a ride? Does Canada make any motocrossers that are small, or are they all oversized? Like, how big was Rollerball? Huge, right? Oh, Rollerball's huge, yeah. Clatt said he too much, too much bacon. <laughs> Clatt was pretty big, yeah. Clatt was pretty big. Well, I don't think Clatt was very big, but he said that he was. Yeah. Remember, he said he was too big to ride a 250, but he looked like right. everybody else, I thought. Yeah. And then the same thing, Fasciati, he looks pretty huge on that thing. Like, how tall is he? Yeah, he's 6'2", 6'3". In meters. Uh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know meters. We do. We don't do meters. M E T R E S too. You got to spell it that way. So he, I mean, a lot of those guys are they're taking the option of riding the two fifty right out, right? Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, gone. So now you're really getting into some picking. So I don't know if that was enough. I wish there was. Well, I wish there was a third about, person on What here. about like your boys at, uh, at at Butler Brothers? I mean, they might that might be a spot for them, like something like that. But I don't know that. I don't know. Would Colton do that? I wish there was they have th- money to pay him. I wish there was a third person on this podcast who I could ask if Fasciati did enough to get a ride. Anyways. Um, wow, it just got quiet. Well, I'm just saying. I was waiting for the laughter. A uh, couple guys that don't have anything next year that I thought rode good near the end of the year, Jimmy Albertson and Les Smith. Both rode solid, They're, sure. they, you know. Um, but those guys, those are the type of guys that are just going to get squeezed out when it comes time for uh, silly season, huh, Wygant? Man, that's what's working against Sassiati, too. If you look at the guys whose primary strength would probably be racing a 450 outdoors, you even had Ben Townley hanging out at the race, kind of sniffing around, see if anything's out there. What? He was um, looking for a rod? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why he was there. Yep, yeah, he just seen things around. Wait so, a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. In Hold fact, on. Hold Weech. On. Hold on. Weege, I don't know if you heard what I heard, but he's been talking to JGR. Well, I was thinking that might be, I was thinking, honestly, honestly, that wouldn't be a bad fit. Outdoors only. I just made it up in my mind, because that team wants to win one way or another. So, and I don't think, I think they can be a little bit more independent on, yeah, we'll take a fast guy who'll get his podiums outdoors and screw it in Supercross. I think they're. He's, uh, he's not locked in again with the Cowie team for next year? I thought he did. No. I thought he was. Nope. nope. Um, he wants to come back over here. He's actually, he was out here for the past 10 days riding, and um, he's looking, looking for something. He's got deals lined up in Australia. If nothing comes up here, he's got jobs down there he can go do. But Oh, wow. Um, he he kind of came out. He wanted to see where his speed was with some of the top guys here. So, you know, he went out riding with uh, whoever he went out riding with and said yeah. he felt good. He's you know, wants to do it. So he's been talking with several teams, you know. PLD again, AGR, a couple others. That's the thing. If you want to swing for the fences, if you're a team that's like, you know, going to the races with a guy who we know is only going to get a seventh race, isn't going to cut it, and you want to swing for the fences, you know, he could deliver. He, he might not even get to the races. Wait a minute. I might get in trouble for saying that. But he's had some injuries. But when he's on, he can definitely put it on the podium. So if you're a team, that's a tough decision. But I'm saying, dude, give all the last. Good. Sorry. I was going to say, I mean, if you're Fasciati, Fasciati's best strength would be racing a 450 outdoors, right? Well, Rattray's looking for the same thing. That's probably Regal's strength. That would be Townley's strength. That would be Albertson's strength. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of dudes whose best thing would be riding a 450 outdoors. Pile them all into one race. They can't all get third. Um, 
that's that's that makes it tough for any one of them yeah. to get a ride when there's like nine of them that all can do the same thing. I would be if I was a team guy, I'd be a little bitter at Townley for uh, you know for leaving. He paying he did well for you, and he he totally took the money in Europe. He went for the money. And, yeah, but it was it was good money. Yeah, but you know, like he he trusts me. He he worked with Troy. They tried to get like close. Just get me like to where I can walk away from this much money, or you know I could make it up in down the road or in bonuses, and it just the gap was huge. Yeah, but what kind of guy is that? Do you want to hire a guy that's going to? That's a guy who's got a kid and a family and is looking to set himself up for the future long term. Surprising. Uh, it's surprising. Obviously, because, things didn't go the way they wanted in Europe, right. but. Had they had he gotten through the preseason and had a good year, you know, he could have restarted a career over there in Europe and right. and been making top guy money. Where over here, he was going to make like next, you know, second level, second tier guy money. Well, he's still going to make that newsflash, but whatever. Um, um, we'll see what happens if he lands. I didn't. I thought he was had to go back there. Uh, surprising to me. Um, I'll tell you, if that guy and I know I'm a big BT fan, so it's probably like completely biased, but if that dude can get through an off-season healthy, I, I think he's a, he's a title contender, at least a race-win contender at, at going into Hangtown. I mean, shoot, he, he didn't have, uh, he had two, two and a half weeks on the bike before Hangtown last year, and he damn near podium. But went for a tip over in that one moto, he, he would have probably been on the podium. He's gnarly. He just, he can't get to the opening round healthy. That's right. what happened in Europe this year, it's happened with us. Happened like nine other times. All right, uh, 250 class. Want to talk about that? Uh, I want to tackle the. Uh, I don't know how much you guys got to see about the Baggett Wilson controversy. Yeah. Somehow the team got along all year. Everybody's waiting for trouble. Never happened, including the fact that Wilson and Baggett kind of brought some baggage in together. Baggett baggage together before they were even on the team. And then they battled tooth and nail every weekend and no problems. And then finally, it all of a sudden, flared up at the end of the first moto. I didn't even hear about it. What happened? Well, because I knew that you guys may not have necessarily heard about it, mm-hmm. I have the TV set right here for Baggett's first moto interview. So would you like to hear it? Yeah. Ready? I, I would. Let's hear it. Here we go. And play. If you cross them, drop somebody on the lip of a jump, you're going to end up killing somebody, literally killing them, because they're going to be flying through the air with no bike. And he's done it, and amateur is just it all along, and just stick a part of it. I don't care if he's my teammate. You're going to kill somebody. That's not the right thing to do. You know what I mean? And uh, and he's done it all along, and I'm just tired of it, and I just tried to ask him, like, what are you doing? You're going to end up killing somebody, and, uh, and he tried to get all tough guy with me, and I just grabbed his helmet, like, let's, I'm asking you why. Give me an answer, and he can't give me an answer, so... Whatever, just going to try to come back next race and uh, do the best I can. Things are fired up. There you go. Wow. Um, this just in. Uh, Blake Baggett to audition for next season's Sweet 16 birthday parties. Uh, talk about drama. Talk, talk about drama. Um, you're going to kill somebody. You're literally going to kill somebody. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe he had a point. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I, not a good interview for Blake Baggett. I like Blake, but not a good not a good show for him. 
interesting. And I hate doing this because... Um, well, okay, now hold on, though. Because, you know, on the one hand, you want a guy to tell you what he's really thinking and show some emotion. Bingo. And then when he does, now now he's bad interview. He needs to be on an MTV show. No, I'm saying... I mean, I, I didn't see it, so I, I'm not going to speak on it whether it happened or not, but if it did, I'll tell you, there, there's nothing gnarlier than being, you know, having your trajectory lined up and you, there's no way you can change it and having a guy come over on you. I agree. So, yeah, I agree. I'm not. I didn't see any any indications of that out there. Maybe it happened. Maybe it not. I just think for your teammate, for a guy who's your teammate and you're battling with, eh, come on, come on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel bad almost playing this interview, knowing that we're going to make fun of him for it because that's the kind of interviews we want every week. That's what we want. He could have just said Vans, Traxxas, Monster, Professor Kawasaki. Yeah, I'll see you next moto. Um, I thought it was awesome. Now we I don't. I don't think winning. he was. Yeah. Did you think he was like uh, talking trash or whining? I think he told you exactly what happened, and he's upset about it. And here's what he thinks, and he's going to try the best his next moto. You know, like I thought. I didn't yeah. think there was anything wrong with that. The only issue is just, I guess, was it really not that bad, and he was blowing out of proportion, or not? yeah, I'm, yeah. You're yeah. saying no. The only one that I guess knows that is him and and maybe Wilson. Right. So, so your TV camera, you guys didn't see any of that. Uh, we saw one, when the race was going on. Yeah, we saw one. We were trying to. It's not like during the race we saw anything that seemed crazy. So once Baggett did that, we were trying to think, well, what, what was that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the finish line, there's a double and then a bigger jump. That's the finish line jump. Yeah. And it did get pretty close there. Like Wilson started on the outside and by the end of that straightaway ended up on the inside. But the way dudes just scrub and everything nowadays and whip it anyway. It's really yeah. hard to say if that's just what he was doing or if he was purposely cutting across the front. It was really. Yeah, I mean, you got to get to the insides on in, at Paula. You know, that's generally where the where the yeah. line is. So that's you know that's sort of what I, I know. I agree. You know I what? Did see them get close. There, actually, but. I may have seen then what he's talking about because I was watching from that right, literally right at that corner before the the finish line. Yeah. And Wilson would be far left, and 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 this is the race line because you that turn is so tight when you land from the finish line double. You almost have to be going from left to right and angling into that corner or you'll miss the inside line. It's really hard to hit that inside line. I agree. So, Baggett, there was a couple times where he went inside in the turn before and raced him down the straightaway, and he would get up alongside him. In fact, at one point, I thought he had the pass made. He may have actually made it, but then missed that line. And maybe that's what happened. Maybe Dean was jumping over to get that inside, and that's what happened. Uh, that, that's probably what he's talking about. I, yeah, I agree. I, I love to see the drama and the emotion, and I just think Blake's being a little bit, uh, well, you know. I mean, you will kill somebody. You will kill them, you know. It's like, okay. Well, now, you remember, though, they're young kids. This is right after the moto when yeah. there's adrenaline going. You haven't had the time to see tape. Maybe when he sees the video of it, they'll go, okay, well, he was just racing his line. It wasn't like he looked over at me and then jumped across. Right. So maybe this is just Blake being, you know, pissed that he didn't win that moto. Up, adrenaline's going. Yeah. Um, trying to. Now, having said that, immediate Dean, Dean Wilson, four four wins uh, at Paula, undefeated at Paula Raceway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's gnarly there. That yeah. that jump that he and Reed were doing. I don't know if you guys can appreciate like, how gnarly that was. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, no, we're not. No. We're not on your level. Oh. That's right. No, I'm just saying, like, it was really, really gnarly to do that. You know, the, the, the little the little pocket they had to get up and land in, it wasn't even a lip. It was like a little kicker. Yeah. And 
I, te- I, know, I texted back and forth with Dino yesterday about that jump for my column, observations column, and uh, he said it was tricky. You had to know at the very beginning which whoop you needed to start on, you know, to end up coming out of it the right way. Wow. So. Yeah, even, even to get to be consistent in that whole section, even if you're going to triple over the top like most guys were doing, you have to land right in the right pocket. And so, you know, 15 whoops back or whatever the hell it is, you got to go, okay, I'm gonna, I got to go single, single, then start doubling or whatever the hell they were doing. You know what I mean? You have to line your rhythm up way back at the turn before. That's yeah. a tough section, man. And the way those guys, the way he and Reed were doing it was wow. really cool. Uh, so Dino win- Dino's got the title wrapped up, and and Blake has a good race, um, which you know maybe uh, quiets down some of the people wonder- worrying about this weekend's motocross nations and Blake Baggett's recent uh, downturn in speed. So it looks like Baggett's back, so that's good. Uh, and Musquin uh, made the podium again, so uh, goes to show you how confidence gets gets in a guy's head and starts some rolling, huh? Why again? Yeah. Now you had said that uh, at Steel City, um, Musquin, Muscan. Musquin, um, whatever his name is, Musgrat. was saying there was some pressure to, that he might get bumped off the Donations team, right? Yeah, yeah, Musquin said that the French team manager in the press, because that's how, how they, we do this. That's how we do it. In the press said, you know, oh, Marvin's not riding that good, and maybe we put uh, Paul Lynn back on the 250F and, and put um, Purcell on the team on the 450, and, you know, Marvin's not running that good. And, and Marvin was like, yeah, this should, this should quiet him at Steel City, so. Well, now the team is dealing with, um, some, does this make any sense? Frassard had a crash which led to a chest infection somehow. Yep, he something. crashed so hard that it led to an infection. Yeah, something like um, that. <laughs> so he didn't race the GP over the weekend. It sure seems like they're trying to figure out a way to get Porcel on there. This could be it. But yeah. can you make, how late can you make a decision? I mean, I know it's in France, so it's not like they have to travel much. But yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, they decide on Friday? I think it's decided. I think Porcel's in. That's it. Yeah, I believe so. Well, that's that just made the race a whole lot more interesting. I mean, how badly would Purcell like to go and race with? I guess he, where would he where would he be in MX One? Um, yeah, yeah, because Forsard was MX One. Yeah, I mean that guy's going to be motivated. Yeah. Um, uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting, and neither one of you two are, will be there. I mean, if you're Purcell and it's in France and you've had a disastrous season as far as the U.S. side is concerned, but now you're starting to feel it. How badly would you want to go out there and beat Dungey or Villapoto, whatever the combination? He's in yeah. Dungey's class, so yeah. he'll only have Villapoto one moto. But Yeah, bad, bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, did you guys hear Josh Grant sign with Brooks? Brooks McGrath team? No. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I, didn't I, hear that. I heard. Good, good source, too. Um, uh, well, the one thing, I saw Deegan, and as you guys know, the Valley team is kind of becoming the metal militia team. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a natural fit. Um, for Grant, he's a metal militia guy anyway. And Deegan said if it ever came to that and he needed a ride, we'd have his back, but he doesn't need us. He's already got something else. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, it looks like that may, that may be happening. Uh, next year, uh, Geico Honda, they were shut out this year in a surprise. Didn't, didn't, come, didn't work out so good. But next year they got Bogle, Barsha, Tomac, and Will Hahn. And between Bogle and um, uh, Tomac and, well, all of them, it's going to be gnarly. I, I think they're going to come back next year, right? Bogle was impressive this weekend. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Right? Kind of like Barsha. Like right. the, impr- again, awesome in his first race, 
that happens. Guys with the adrenaline flow, and you never know if they're going to back it up. But kind of like Barsha on the 450, he actually gradually improved even beyond that mm-hmm. to where he almost it was 26 minutes into the second moto when he got passed. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. Awesome, yeah. Uh, his team looks good, too, for next year, you know. Rattray is going back to Pro Circuit, by the way. So 250s all the way? I, I don't know. Maybe 450s out. I don't know. Because now I'm hearing that the Tickle deal might just be a, a Pro Circuit 450 and Supercross. So maybe you just flip-flop them? Supercross only? No, well, I don't know. I don't know about outdoors. The whole story with Tickle right now is just what is he going to do in Supercross where he can't race a 250? Right, right. So maybe the team just flip-flops the guys? Oh, yeah, maybe. Right, Rattray rides a 450 outdoors and uh, Tickle goes back down to 250s. Yeah. I mean, that's just a theory. I don't think, I don't know if they've thought that far out yet what they're going to do next May. Yeah. I heard Mookie maybe too, the pro circuit. Wow. Who? Mookie. Mm. I've heard Mookie with, with JDR KTM. I heard Mookie with Star Racing. Everybody wants Mookie. Who doesn't want Mookie? I'll take I'd Mookie, Mookie fever. I'll take a Mookie sandwich, please, with an extra Mookie. Yeah, I'd take Mookie right here at my house to watch TV with a guy. Yeah, yeah, me too. He looked like he was a funny guy. Yeah. Um, the Star Racing deal fell apart because I guess he just didn't want to give up some of his personal sponsors. And that's where we're at, where a guy that's, you know, a top 10 rider turns down a factory-supported team because it mixes with his personal sponsors. Well, what personal sponsors would he have that he wouldn't give up? Uh, Oakley. Oh, but he could run that. So he gave up a, a good ride so he, he can wear Oakley goggles and glasses. That's what I heard. Yeah, but I think that is where we're at nowadays because these certainly the budget for these light salaries isn't even close to what it used to be, right? Yeah. So, I mean, some of these guys are running for pennies. But Mookie's a pretty popular dude right now, so maybe for some of these sponsors he's worth spending some money on, you know, off-the-bike sponsors type stuff. So, I don't know. That might not be as crazy as it sounds. Durham to Pro Circuit. Well, God knows there's no other goggle to protect your eyes. So. <laughs> that sounds a little sarcastic, Pink. That's oh. That's oh. Uh, um, that, uh, Durham to uh, Pro Circuit? What are they going to have, eight guys? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You just said that Rattray, Mookie, and Durham. I'm wondering what's going on. I'm bouncing these things off you guys. Someone <sighs> someone said last night Durham Durham's going to go to Pro Circuit. So, Go to Pro Circuit and ask for a job? No, or actually gonna, ride for Pro Circuit? They're going to ride for them, and then they'll have, so they'll have, they'll have Rattray, Durham, Wilson, and Baggett. Or Mookie, Rattray, Wilson, and Baggett. With Tickle off to the side. Man. With a side of Tickle? With a side of Tickle. Um, Mookie sandwich. Literally, sorry. Maybe, maybe t- Durham's just literally going to the shop. Like, yeah, he's going to press circuit. Yeah. Today yeah. He to need, see he need, if they've gotten any new parts in. Right. He needs something for his bike. Yeah, good point. Um, Alex Martin, again with a good ride. Little Alex Martin. Gets you know what he should do? He, here's what Alex Martin needs to do right now, today. Back wherever he's at, Minnesota, whatever, gear up, go find a good set of Supercross whoops, and make a YouTube video of him just harassing <laughs> them and post it everywhere. Because <laughs> if he could debunk that miss, I'm telling you, that guy gets a ride. And what does he call it? Alex Martin conquers the whoops? <laughs> Whoop master. <laughs> you walk, you walk, warrior. Come on, you gotta get that in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Did just, he get mad at Ewok Warrior, or is he cool with that? I don't know. Oh, I'm. Oh. I, I think my new vow 
for 2012. I was thinking about this the other day, the other day. My vow for ne- for 2012 is to never talk to any riders. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to just cover the sport like John Clayton at ESPN or Bill Simmons at ESPN. I don't ever want to talk to these guys. That's my new vow. It definitely improves your reporting. It really does. That might sound ridiculous to anyone listening to this. But it makes a huge I, I difference. I tell you what, I'm close to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, this weekend, I could have almost made that happen. <laughs> because I want to call Alex Martin an Ewok warrior, you know, and not have to worry about him getting mad. You know, I want to, I want to write that Josh Grant's gang signs on the podium make me think of uh, um, Shadow you know, playing games on the shadows with the shadows. Uh, Makes me think of Malibu's most wanted, um, B-Rad. Right. So I'm, I, I think that's my new goal next year, Wygant. So, um, you know, I may not be available for some Monday conversations. We'll take it. We'll take it for the edginess. Because here, here's it. We had this, the three of us, where the three of us were actually in person for the first time, I don't even know, all year. The three of us were actually standing in the pits talking to each other. Yeah. And I was mentioning how, you know, uh, one of the moms got mad because I wasn't saying enough good things about her son. And you're like, well, that happened to me with this guy or that guy. Yeah, yeah. And that is the whole thing. Like, you're like, you just kept saying, dude, I just go to the races and report on the races. And it's true, like, sometimes a guy isn't having the results you expect, and then you don't say how awesome he rode because he, by his <laughs> standards, he didn't. Yeah. And then they get mad. What and, you- like, if you're relying on him or parents or grandparents or agents to give you, like, a down-the-line, unbiased report on how good their guy's doing. Yeah. You're yeah. lost. Yeah. Like you need to just avoid those people. Let's talk about that. There's, there's, a, there's a pretty high-profile rider on, on a good team, and why get, you were told by one of your TV people, hey, the parents are bummed that you keep harping on that he's not having a good season. And, like, yeah, he's and not. In my mind, I wasn't harping on it. I think I was just stating. He's not. What, and stating the truth. And I don't even want to just isolate it and be like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? This happens all the time yeah, yeah, with yeah, variety yeah, riders. Yeah. It happens all the time. Right. But, and, I mean, what are you going to say? And to me, you know, we're going on about Alex Martin. He's in a flat black box van with Chad Sanner, bubblegum, and string holding together the program. Yeah. yeah. And he's getting top ten. And some guys on getting paid a lot of money on really good equipment aren't. So there is a difference when you talk about somebody's performance you know maybe this guy beats alex martin you know but still alex martin is doing well for his ride salary bubblegum shoestring team and the other problem is that if the guy is having you know not getting the results that he expects the whole world around them the parents himself the agent trainer team whatever is already probably in a bit of a weird state of mind anyway so then they're really not receptive to hearing that it's not like they're pumped they're already probably pissed off and wondering what's up and pointing fingers in a million directions as it is. Yeah, so then so they hear it in the media and they don't exactly take to it well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think when we were getting razzed on, oh, you guys didn't believe in Chad Reed when he was winning races, uh, I don't think it really bothered him because everything, what, what could bother him? He was leading the points. Right. You know what I mean? Things right. are going well results-wise. They're in a good mood. Who cares? Um, so that just made it. You, you, you get really hypersensitive when things are going bad. You know, right. any little thing and you're like, well, what is that? Son of a bitch, mean what a you know, you just get mad. Wait, first time I met you, I wanted to punch your face out. Remember that? <laughs> one of my favorite stories. I had to tell that one Saturday night to Cudby. That was my favorite. First time I, I, I don't even know really, we other than you know, 
seen his we name on emails to bounce around the office. We had never met in person at that point. Yeah, I'm okay. 03. I'm riding for Motor World. Bike's not that awesome. Uh, try to go into this set of whoops way too fast. Crash. Break both arms. Like, small fractures, but both arms. Out for the season. We just write some piece about where he's kind of relating it to like a fantasy football team or something, and he had me on his team that weekend. And he, he jokingly is saying, yeah, Pingree really let me down. He, you know, didn't finish the main event or didn't qualify or something. And, and I, you know, DNF because I had broken arms. So if I went off. I sent an email to Dave, you know, this guy, you know, I thought we're all on the same team. He's, you know, mother effing me and doesn't even know his facts. Like I crashed and broke my arms. It was a voicemail. Man, I wish I still had it to this day. It was uh, epic. Uh, yeah. Wow, really, huh? Oh, so what we did was, like, 03, I guess that was a year. That was, like, the year that all teams and agents started putting out press releases, like, for the first time. Like, no matter what, good news or bad. Uh-huh. So we were getting this barrage of, like, Ernesto Fonseca, solid 12th at Anaheim. <laughs> so to make fun of that, Davey's like, we should make press releases of your fantasy team and, like, try to spin how shitty it goes every week. Right, right. So... So I wrote a press release, and I, I was incorrect with my facts. I scored zero points with Ping, so I mistakenly thought he didn't make the main, but I forgot you can finish 21st or 22nd back then. Yeah. And in a lights main, or 125 main. So he actually did make the main. So the voicemail is like, I don't know who you are or what you know, <laughs> you jackass, but you said I didn't make the main. I did make the main, and I broke my wrist in that main event, and I don't like you making fun of that or something like that. Jeez, Ping. <laughs> oh, did I leave it you the off. message? Yeah, yeah, you left a voicemail on my phone. <laughs> it was so good. See what I'm saying? I I, you just, I you're, you're so emotionally involved in what you're doing. That family, you know, they're invested big time. I know, but... So any, any bad spin, and I'm not defending them, I'm just telling you. Yeah. You, it, it's not even like we're saying, Eli, or, whoops, I just ah. got one out of the bag right there. It's not like we're saying, this kid sucks, you know, he, <laughs> he's an awesome rider, right? But he's not having the season that he'd like. I, I don't think anyone can argue that, but... They just you're gonna get extra sensitive about it. So, well, yeah, I like the dude. I really like the dude. Like that's the sad, that's the only part that bummed me out. Like I actually really like yeah. him. So I feel like our civic duty is to not be biased, whether you like the guy or not. Mm-hmm. You need to that's tell what people saying. what's happening. That's what I try to, to do. That's what I try to do. I right. really do. And and that's why two there's two guys. Well, there's a lot of guys, but there's two guys that really stand out for me. That you could say no matter what. And they will say hi to you at the races, talk to you, give you information, and they realize it's the game. The game is I get paid to prof- ride professional motorcycles, and I will get attention good and bad. The two guys that I really admire, Andrew Short and Justin Brayton. Well, I like Short. <laughs> Both of those guys get it. Do you know what I mean? They get it. Like Brayton's told me, man, I was mad at you when you wrote this, Mathis. But yeah, I, you know, whatever. I, I did struggle or something. You know what I mean? And and Shorty's like, dude, I know you got to write what you got to write. You know, you got to write because I mean, I, I maintain AndrewShort.com for for Andrew, and I told him when we did the deal, I'm like, dude, if you do something, I'm gonna still write it in my column. Like, I don't want, I don't want to maintain this. You know, you're not buying me or anything like this with me just maintaining your website. And he's like, dude, I know, I know. And he's never said one thing to me. And I've criticized him in that bike this year and, and him at times. And, and it's been good. It's been good. I, the guy I gets think, it. I think he could poop on his car and leave a note that it was you. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think he'd even be, I think he'd be like, that was funny. Huh, you know, pick it up with his bare fingers, wipe it off. Yeah. 
You can't make that guy mad, I don't think. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. But uh, I just think those two guys get it. Like, hey, you're professionals. You're getting paid, in some cases, a lot of money. And we're in the media. So, But, my, my, but that's my goal, Wygant, not to talk to any riders. Nothing. Nobody. It's the only way to really be unbiased. It really is. I might talk to Nick and Jimmy Albertson. I, I, those two do make me laugh. You know, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy yeah. Jimmy was doing laps in his forty uh, foot fun mover Valley's forty foot mover fun mover at the end of the day, just r- driving doing circles. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm racing. I'm still racing. I never stop racing." And he just kept driving around in circles. Uh, Ping, before you go, you want to throw in a plug for uh, the Tasty Energy Bar? Uh, sure. I mean, w- you know, you introduced well, me to those nice people from. The the girl was very scary a little bit, but what muscly? What? Yeah, muscly, and then she was like, "How is it? How is it?" Like she reminded me. I was just like, oh, "I'm just trying to eat it." <laughs> I'm just trying to eat the bar. Yeah, uh, I'm helping uh, some friends of mine started this uh, company called Brat Bar. It's a uh, gluten free, soy free health bar that's really easy to digest. Made for athletes that are either you know while you're running or cycling or between motos that digest really easily. Really clean ingredients. They're good, right? What do you think? So when you were talking about when you were looking for athletes to try the bar. Um, well, naturally, we thought of you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, the first guy, you're like, let's really get Mathis's opinion on this. <laughs> uh, it was very well, actually, good. Actually, we, we were trying to really pitch the flavor side because I figured, oh, well, this guy is not used to Snickers and peanut butter cups. So if he likes this, right. this is a feather in the cap for them. Uh, no, right? it was good. It was good. Yes. Uh, very good bar. Um you know what I just realized looking at the results? Jason Anderson, 8-9. Yes. And he had at a one great, point, great day. Yeah. yeah. At one point, he made up to fifth. He was fifth in the first mode. It worked his way forward, went back a little bit. But at, uh, I forgot to mention this last week, but at Steel City, I did tempt fate. Oh. I did. You did. Oh, yeah. Sitting there by himself. I just couldn't do myself. I could I couldn't help it. The restraining order. Yeah. There's nobody yeah. around. No. <laughs> uh, shirtless, sitting there, shirtless by himself. It'd be my word against his. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was consensual. I swear. Uh, shirtless. I couldn't resist. Yeah. He. Um, I said, uh, dare I say it? Is it on? And he said, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And I said, so what was the issue? And I've never heard this before. His answer was, I was a head case. I was a head case. I was. <laughs> yeah. It's over now. Well, I'm ping. You know, it's a big jump. It's a big jump. And we think these guys are all little robots, but maybe not all of them are. You know? Maybe there is actual real emotions and hormones and, and you know, <laughs> stuff going on and, and parents and money and chicks. You know what I mean? We think yeah. of them as Ryan Dungey. I was all being little Ryan Dungies, but maybe not. They're real people. Imagine that. Yeah. No, it's, you never know what's going on, man. I heard a story last week about a top rider, top 450 rider, like who we mentioned in this show, whose family, is, whose mother just stole his money, gambled it away. Like, wow. I mean, I, you, you just you never know what these guys are dealing with, man. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I, and I'm not saying Jason's got family issues, but, but who knows what it is, you know? Like, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad he had a good race. I saw, I think it was the first motor. He was, like, near the front. And he looked good. I was pumped for him. Yeah. Um, sending, the guy, sending the kid home, 
um, you know, caught everybody maybe talking or whatever, but it looked like a smart decision, huh, Wygant? I mean, Dave Gowan, um, Bill Hew- Bill Hewitt? Yeah, Bill? Bobby. Bobby. I always get Bobby. his first name mixed up with... Yeah. The old team manager is Bill, that's why. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. Bobby Hewitt, team owner, my apologies. Uh, Dave Gowan uh, made a bold decision and said, go get your head straight, and it looks like it paid off. Yeah, he's been working really hard with, with Randy Lawrence. Those two kind of hooked up finally, and, and he, he got a guy helping him get his head right. So hopefully it was enough. You know, it came late in the season, but hopefully it was enough for him to stick around or, or find something good for next year, huh? Yeah, I think he'll – Any, any word there? I, I don't know. I, that team, is it coming back? Do we know for sure, for sure? Because it does seem no one's linked there, and that's kind of scary. Well, I don't know. I thought at one point Durham had – this was maybe back in June or July, but Durham yeah. had tested, I think, he with did. them or tried their bike for next year. No, he did, but that was, you know, I mean, a long time ago now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like in all the conversations when the new team manager, Dave Gowan, went over there, you know, everything was at that point about, well, I can't really change it overnight, but we're going to make the, next year this and next year that. So unless yeah. the plug got pulled, you know, more recently – yeah, I never I, heard anything about that team going away. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't hear them going away. I just don't hear anybody linked to them, which is scary, you know. But who knows? Yeah, and by the way, on that topic, you know who actually ended up doing pretty darn well here the second half of the year? Colton Fasciati? Yeah, great. Your boy, Mathis. You've been rooting for him, mm-hmm. and your persistence paid off. Yes, who? Martin Davalos really did actually put in some good, pretty good things. I mean, he was solid. He was he was good, and he was in the top ten in points after yeah. some troubles early on. Yeah, I, I think he was pretty good. I don't have the points in front of me. Um, for some reason, my stats packet doesn't have it, but he did finish top ten in the points, right? He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. I think he was eighth. Let me see here. I remember that. But anyway, yeah. he was almost every moto, you know, second half of the year, he was inside the top ten, and he was battling guys. And mm-hmm. I think he gave you everything that he was the best guy on the team at the end of the year, and I think that was the best you could expect out of him. I think it was pretty good. Okay, there we go. Well said. I just report in the races, man. That's what I'm going to do. That's my <laughs> new thing. Don't talk to him. Don't talk to him, Wage. <laughs> I would literally, if somebody tries to talk to me next year, I will literally yell and run in the other direction. Unless it's Nick Way or Jimmy Alverson. Uh, Kit Palmer, who most people probably don't know. But there we go. There's an example. More, There's my hero. More. More motocross races. He's probably reported on more motocross races than anyone ever. He's worked for Cycle News since, what, like 84 yeah. or something? Something like that. We're even talking Davy Coombs, more than Davy Coombs, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You look through an old Cycle News, and you want to see who won Phoenix 87, and it's by Kit Palmer. And he's still there at the races reporting. Yes. And he always told me from day one he has no interest in becoming friends with any of the riders. He's like, the day that you go over someone's house for dinner, it all starts to change. The only way you can really do your job is to just report on them as athletes. Mm. Because someday something bad is going to happen to one of the guys that's your buddies, and then you're going to be tempted to not say it, and then your whole job is screwed up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've done a good job of doing it myself, uh, but I've also got some enemies because of that, you know? So. Davalos and Martin tied for uh, eighth in points, and Martin wins the tiebreaker. So Martin finishes eighth, Davalos finishes ninth. Durham 10th. 11 um, 10 mods should be now called 8 10 mods. What is 11 10 mods? Oh. Like, where do you yeah, get that name? Anybody know? No. Wait a minute. No, nobody's going to say that was funny. Eight, that 10. actually was, and I think about it. 8 10 mods. We'll get you 8th yeah. and 10th. 
No? Nothing? All right. All right. I'll give you a crazy laugh on that one. Um, okay. So, uh, anything else? Uh, uh, anything else to talk about? Well, there was one other championship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was. Um, Nothing better than we wrap up the two. That's it. Anything else? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Jessica Patterson needed help to uh, to win the title, didn't she? I don't know how much. I, t- I did talk to Eddie Ray at the end of the day, and there's nobody more passionate about women's motocross than Eddie Oh, Ray. no. Um, no. Jessica needed help to win the title. She's 22 points yeah. down coming in. Uh-huh. She needed big help. She needed to actually fight like to have a stroke in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Because if Ashley, if Ashley's bike didn't break, there's no chance in hell she's getting tenth or whatever the points needed, right? Like there's just no way. Yeah, Joe. No. The, the, the women's class tries. They they want to say the right things. You know, it's growing and everybody's stepping up. But at Steel City, finally, JP when she went one one, but only made up a couple of points. She finally had to kind of begrudgingly admit, even though it's an eight round series and sixteen motos, that's plenty of time to make up ground. There's a pretty big speed differential between the first three, you know, four or five riders, like, like you're saying. No matter what happens, they're going to end up getting top three unless their bike breaks. Yeah. So it's really hard to make up any points. She had to kind of begrudgingly admit that. So maybe there's uh, some talent discrepancy between the front and the back. Did, did we ever figure out who number 56 is? <laughs> no. No, I didn't go back and look. <laughs> I wonder um, – and seriously, talking about women. This was a fan that sent us an email. I just want people. We, we didn't. We're not single out fifty six, but a fan did and sent us an email, hoping we would comment on it on this show. Yeah, I don't want the fifty six parents to get mad at us. There was a fan though who saw a girl crash on the hill, then loop out on the hill uh, after she finally got her bike up. Then was it like a third crash? Maybe it was like several in a row. Um, like maybe maybe she uh, should have. The uh, the Olympic Committee, the uh, the 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 IOC, has told women's hockey to uh, get your get your act in order here and, and figure it out because um, Canada and the USA are by far the strongest teams and they will get gold and silver every time. Um, and the Olympic Committee has actually been like, hey, you guys, other countries, if you don't figure this out, we're taking you off of the Olympics. I'd like to see maybe Davy Coombs or somebody say, hey, guys, girls, girls, hey, girls, figure this out. Like, you got to figure this out. No? Nobody? I know. I, I, I concur. I wonder how much longer. Because, because I, on, let's, let's qualify that by saying, first of all, those girls at the front are going fast. Oh, very fast. Actually, oh, yes. Jessica Tarr, I mean, it's a – there's not a lot of men. It's a small percentage of men in this country who could go around a track as fast as they do, period. So a lot of respect for them. But like you said, there's a, there's a drop somewhere back there, and it drops off hard, like yeah. Grand Canyon style. Right. And, and I, wonder, um, you know, I wonder how much longer these teams will continue to, uh, to back the program if the other women don't get in there and start mixing it up with – the fast ones, you know, to make this a little more drama-induced. That's all. That's that all. is the thing. I mean, if the racing 
there have been times where the women's classes had better racing than any other classes, <clears throat> both in this series back in the day, or like Loretta's when all the top girls would still race at Loretta's. Um, usually you could count on the best showdown for three motos is going to be the battle for the women's title. Really? And I didn't yeah. hear any. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, when it was Geiger Patterson or Whitmore Geiger Patterson, yeah. they were just duels to the final corner, just death. Right. Like collapsing on the track. Like it was as good as any other class, if not better. If that were the case here, I don't think you'd hear any of the other complaints. If well, they were epic duels, but unfortunately, out of the three classes, it's kind of the most predictable as far as how it's going to go. Yep. But congratulations to Ashley Filek for uh, getting her title back. Yep. Um, um, exciting times. I, I, I praised Jessica Patterson last year for winning it because everybody had written her off, and she dominated. And now maybe yeah. everybody wrote off Ashley, and now she won. So... Um, Good reporting there, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, Ping, are you at the fire hall yet? I am. I am. I'm going to have to run here. So Okay. Well, hey, have a it's good been day. real, guys. What, what are we going to do here? What's the future of this little podcast? Um, well, I don't know. We'll keep doing it, I think. I just, I just don't know. Maybe we'll just get together and just have topics or something. Or Yeah, I don't want to not do it. It's too fun. Right. You know, and Ping, you don't get the feedback we do, but I'm telling you, more people yeah. at the races are pumped on the podcast than, for me even, the TV show. Mm. I hear more, hey, man, we listen to that podcast every week than, hey, we watch you on TV every week. People love this thing. Yeah. Or maybe, well, I think for people who commute, like the drive I just had, this saves their life. You, you, like, you literally may steer your car into a bridge <laughs> if there isn't something to like, entertain you or keep your mind off how far you have to really drive every day. Yeah, perhaps. We're saving lives, man. That's, that's what I like about this. That's what we do. <laughs> wow. Uh, speaking of Put saving... this on your resume as you're going for a job. <laughs> uh, speaking of saving lives, Pink, uh, how many cats are you going to rescue from trees today, do you think? Uh, you know, we haven't had any kitties yet okay. here, but a uh, lot of chest pain, shortness of breath, mm-hmm. had a seizure yesterday, which was a good call. Yeah. You know, you know how mechanics, neither one of you guys know mechanics, but grips and graphics are sort of the mechanics, uh, if you want to really stab them in the heart, you say, oh, it has the grips and graphics, you know? Um, that's sort of a real, 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 you know, real harsh um, thing to say to a mechanic. Well, I got fireman buddies, and I say, rescuing cats from trees, and that's another thing that stabs them in the heart. Not happy with the re- rescuing cats and trees. Apparently that doesn't happen anymore. They don't have trees out there. No, you know, there, there's actually, uh, if you go to websites of a lot of fire departments, the one I'm working at right now, uh, doing my internship as an example, it'll say, like the frequently asked questions section, there's a question on there that says, do you, do you get cats out of trees? And, and there's an answer. <laughs> Typically, cats will come down if you, you know, on their own if you just leave them alone. If you need help with animal, <laughs> animal control, call your animal county, you know, animal control in the county, and it has their number. Typical, so, typically, cats don't just stay up in a tree forever. <laughs> <laughs> One of the captains here uh, said to his buddy, he goes, you ever seen a cat skeleton up in a tree? There's something that asked him about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the comeback from my fireman buddies, too. Do you ever see a skeleton in a tree? And uh, <laughs> apparently not. But uh, Crips and Graphics, rescuing cats, same level. All right. okay. I'll make fun of you for being a Crips and Graphics guy. Yeah. No yeah. more cats and tree jokes. Go ahead. I'm just glad you're retired so I can talk to you next year. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Yeah, good point, right? Yep. Thanks, Ping.
Guys, it's been fun. All right, thanks. Yeah, have fun, man. Yeah. All right, Wygant. Um, yeah, we'll we'll keep doing this somehow, some some way. Yeah, I can't live without it. We <clears> did. I can't. We did screw Jim Hawley out of an appearance on this show. I, apparently, you told him to come on. No, I said at some point we we're going to have you know several months of the off season, and we want to keep the show going. So maybe we'll bring on some other guys and stuff like that. Okay, because he said, "Hey, we said you're going to call me this week to talk about Paula. I'm here. I'll talk about it." And I'm like, "Yeah, no, for sure, Jim." Because you know, Holly, he's not much for the long attention span. You know, it's kind of like all just coming at you like both barrels. Just <laughs> blah, blah, blah. you got to so, get you got to get your point in quick. <laughs> with, with, yeah, with Jim Holly. <laughs> With Jim, I, talk, I hung out with Jim for maybe 15, 20 minutes in the morning on Saturday, yeah. and we managed to get, like I hadn't seen him since Vegas, and we managed to cover everything that has gone down in our lives in the last four months in 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, uh, and even the future and what's coming up, and you know, it was, that's Jim, dude, he does not waste time, he's got other things to do. <laughs> he told me, he asked me what I thought of his moto show, and I said, well, it's good, but who tranquilized you before? You know, because, like, like, you know, that, that's not the gym that I know. You know, the gym that I know is wide open. And, and then he told me I need to watch episode four because he uh, he makes fun of uh, Lorette Nicole and he and he makes fun of uh, – he, get, he gets a hug from Renner and he's wide open and he's laughing and joking. And I said, okay, I'll watch episode four. But uh, he was said – at first he didn't quite know what they wanted. And it, to I me, think... I want the wide open Jim Holly. That's why it's Jim Holly, man. Right. That's why you right. – you can pick any old dude to do the other stuff. Yeah. And I've had the um, pleasure of working alongside Jim Hawley at Montreal Supercross, and I witnessed it firsthand. It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the, the easiest announcing gigs ever with those webcasts because you just knew. Yeah. If you get into a bind, throw it to Jim, oh. and he will find something to say. Anything. Talk about anything, and he will f- come up with a great story about something. I think I've probably said this on this show before, but the previous Supercross webcast announcer, Chad Damiani, uh, had to move on for the webcast because he got a job writing reality shows in Hollywood, and that, that's what he's been doing. And he also, I think, worked at Ryan Seacrest and was on the set of American Idol and all this stuff. And then usually at Anaheim, every couple of years, he'll come back to hang out with us. So he had been gone for like five years writing reality shows, like on the set of reality shows. Yeah. And we're all joking and making fun of Jim, and I'm like, ever been anybody as crazy as this guy? No, never been anybody like Jim. <laughs> this is a guy who had spent five years on the set working on reality shows, which are purposely designed to find the wackiest people they can. Yes, yes. No no, no one's ever reached Jim's level. (laughs) Fantastic. I believe it, too. I believe it. Um, Right on. Well, hey, thanks for uh, doing the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. Uh, Thanks, David Pingree, who's rescuing cats right now as we speak from trees. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it. We're off next week. I'm at the Motocross of Nations, but we'll reconvene the week after and – do uh, do something. Talk about something. We might be able to squeeze the donations ones out there. Maybe. I'm yeah. Like, I'm about to go pingree style and just, just watch it on the uh, watch it on the, the web. On, and, on, yeah. 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 We can do that. Maybe me, you, and uh, Coombs because Coombs will be there. Oh yeah. Um, by the way, I mean this is a, this is the thing about donations every year. We're so USA centric, and by we, I mean even you, even though you're not even from here. Yeah. The chances of the team are always based exclusively on who's on our team. No one even knows or cares who's on the other teams. Like, last year I looked and I'm like, wow, Germany's got Max Nagel and Ken Roxon. Those guys are good, but who the heck is this Schiffer guy? Yeah, Tony Schiffer. And in the end, that really cost them because Nagel and uh, Roxon did their job. Like, they had it won going yeah. in the third moto, but the other dude yeah. wasn't. They, 
the, the other teams can't come up with three riders. That's always the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now this year Nagel's out, right? Didn't he break his wrist over the weekend? Nagel broke his wrist. He's out. Yep. Right. So and I was looking at the Frasard thing, and I'm like, man, what? What is the competition? Well, I mean, well, I guess replacing Frasard with Porcel might be an upgrade, perhaps. And, and yeah, and that's officially what they're doing. Yeah, I just looked online. It, oh, okay. Yep, that is. I it. mean, so Frasard was good this year, though. It's not like no. I mean, if you haven't heard of him. You might think, oh, well, Purcell, they've upgraded. I mean, he was good. No, Purcell, for, for an ex athlete, by the way. Uh, oh. Very good this year. Won some GPs and, and really took a step up. So, um, But Paul Lynn, their other guy, just won uh, the last GP. So, Why is that guy always racing 250s? It makes no sense to me. <laughs> I don't know. He's a monster. But he's back. Yeah. He's, he's definitely going 450s next year. Okay. So don't worry. I know. I'm with you. I'm always wondering what's going on. He's just taking the money, I guess, and – and you know, taking a good ride or something, but yeah, he's better than he needs to be on a 450. When he was over at Supercross, I can't even remember if it was last. I think it was last year, two years ago. Yeah, two years racing. ago. Yeah. Okay. The 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 problem with Supercross, you know, or a motocross is always people don't think that you know the motor does all the work. These guys aren't in; they're not athletes, you know. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, let's be honest. If somebody sees Ryan Villapoto in a store, they're going to be like, "Wow, that's your best athlete." Like they don't <laughs> look like. Yeah. You know, they look like they're in shape, yeah. but it's not impressive. Right. But, and it sounds a little gay, but when I first saw um, <laughs> yeah. Gutierrez at the Supercrosses, I'm like, now this is a guy. Yeah. If you look at this dude, people would be pretty, like, I'm just going to go that far. <laughs> he looks like an impressive athlete. Yeah. Does he look like James Harrison of Steel City? <laughs> I heard he came shirtless, didn't he? Yeah, shirtless. And you know, I really thought that guy was a bit of a douche for his for his uh, men's journal story or whatever, calling yeah. Roger Goodell the devil and posing with guns and stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to tell him that though. Like, I'll just, I'll just be over here, not telling you that I think That's a, I think those articles are are dumb. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, but Gutierrez Paulin does look like he kicks some ass. I think Weege has a new crush, a new crush next year. Yeah, like I, when I saw Anderson shirtless. Wasn't really scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go J. Paul in. Another story. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess with him. Yeah. And that, folks, is a good way to end the the season-ending Paul and National wrap-up. Um, we will be back maybe next week after Nations. Maybe not. Maybe it's the French guys. Okay, calm down. I mean, Tortelli. You oh. said this before. Very good-looking guy. Tortelli is to me the nicest-looking motocrosser, <laughs> uh, without a doubt. And you, do you want to know who came up to me on the weekend? And told me that without, doesn't know me, doesn't really know me, doesn't want to, you know, just came up voluntarily said that Sebastian Tortelli is the hottest motocrosser ever. Les Smith's mom. <laughs> yeah. She just said, you know that Tortelli, because he was hanging out with JJ, he's a, he's a good looking man. And I said, I know, I know, believe me. I said, uh, I said, who's better looking, Nick Way or uh, Tortelli? Because my wife believes Nick Way wins that title. Oh, easy. okay. Um, and I said, well, and she goes, oh no, Tortelli. Oh no. Oh no. Tortelli. Wow. And I'm just might saying. Not have a, we might not have to have a Zoolander off. <laughs> uh, what about your wife? Does she have a favorite, uh, motocrosser? No, that's, um, the, the, my original point here is the one she tends to make. Yeah. Um, why is it that most of the, the, the with the percentages, there's what, a hundred of these guys out there. Uh-huh. None of them can be decent looking. Nick Way? Tortelli? I think even the Dungy's all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I understand her point. Like, you know, you would think, okay, these are young dudes that are in really good shape, right? Yeah. 
more than half of them by that should be like really good looking dudes. Yeah. But that's not, doesn't seem to work that way. This podcast I one is time, I interviewed your buddy Jason Ellis one time. Uh-huh. Big fan of you, I know. Um, no, he was all yeah. right. He was just cracking on me. He was, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's what he does, right? Yeah. And he said the reason Josh Hansen doesn't fit in in the motocross circles is because most of the riders focused on riding their dirt bike because they were too ugly to succeed in anything else. <laughs> and they don't understand that Hansen didn't have to rely on the dirt bike. He's a really good-looking dude. He's a beautiful. He's a beautiful anyway. man. Yeah, he's a beautiful man. Uh, yeah. I would argue that Hanny looks more like a girl than a man, but I mean, with his flowing hair. But hey, whatever. No, he, when he paced the, the women's class at X Games and showed him how to do the jumps, the only person that had more hair out of the back of the helmet was Vicky Golden. He yeah. had the other 12 girls covered. He looked <laughs> more girl like than a loving of 12 girls. Yeah. Um, that's, that's Alice's theory, huh? <laughs> yes, that's why he doesn't fit in because he's not. He doesn't have social problems because he yeah. could, you know, he could pick up chicks regardless of the dirt bikes. They're, the other guys only know dirt bikes because they were too ugly to succeed in anything else, so they just focused on that bike. That, there could be something there. I don't maybe. There I don't could know. be something there. Um, <laughs> this podcast is getting into a strange territory right now. I think that's territory people like us to go into. Strange as that is. Brayton, good-looking man, also. Whatever. Yeah. Not, not happy, no, huh? He was never he was never that hot, to be honest. No, no, never. He was never that hot. No, I agree. You're right. Damn him. Uh, maybe that maybe we found ourselves a topic for our future. <laughs> show. We need to get ping. We need to ping in on this. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Maybe we could, yeah, get ping's idea. Ping with his piercing blue eyes. Maybe we can get him. <laughs> hey, jackass! I don't know who you are. <laughs> oh, this is what they did. So we still had never met in person. This is a Supercross. This is January. They uh-huh. just message. Right. And I never hear from him again. Brian's just like, oh, don't worry, man. Just get over it. It's, he's just pissed off. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we all move on. And then he comes to high point. So then I'm all super nervous. I'm like, oh, shit, there's Penguin in real life. Oh, yeah. And then we're at the bar, and Davey comes up to me a little while later, and he's like, hey, man, check this out. And he hands me a napkin, and written on it says, I'm still not over it. Pink. <laughs> yeah, and then we were all good. Then it was like, oh, now it's a joke. Now we're good. Right, now you're all right. I'm <laughs> yeah. still not over it. Um, yeah, that was good. Maybe you wake up with a deer's head in your bed. Cat <laughs> uh, skeleton. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks, and yep. uh, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, have fun in uh, France. Are you kidding or are you serious? No, actually, seriously, have fun. Oh, okay, like, all right, yeah, I just like the way you said it, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I know. No, I'm not one of those guys. I don't, I don't buy Freedom Fries, like, right. it's all good. Yeah. Because, no. hey, I put it this way. The anti-French thing, if I recall, the latest anti-French sentiment in the U.S. was because they did not support us taking a war into Iraq. And they were ridiculous for not supporting the United because States. Because there's tons of hidden weapons in there. That's what I mean. Yeah. So if you really want to hold the grudge against them. How can you? A country that gave, mm. us, that gave us Sebastian Tortelli. How can we <sighs> hold that against them? Ooh, don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix. 